Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again on this Friday morning is Shay Dixon. Shay, how are you doing? How's everything going? Doing well, doing well, rocking along. One more game till the bye and uh, a late bye week. This has got to be one yeah. of the last in college football, which is traditional for LSU to have right before Bama, but rocking along. Yeah, it is weird when you think about that. I was the other day, I was like, damn, they've played, they're going to have played eight straight games, you know, going through this year. That's not easy. Usually you'd like it a little earlier in the season uh, to kind of help them get through some injuries, but. Uh, I don't know. From an injury perspective, I don't know how much it would have helped at this point. But, you know, you get it before Bama, so I guess that's the positive. But uh, we'll obviously be previewing LSU versus Ole Miss here. Um, There's a lot to this game that I'm really interested to talk about. Uh, I've written about it. I wrote about it on Wednesday in a preview piece. Um, You know, I did a final line story today, kind of giving my thoughts on, on the game and how I think it could play out. So check that out on the site. But Shay, um, I guess we should start with the injury report. You were there. You talked to Kelly yesterday. You asked about Armani Armani Goodwin. Uh, do you want to give us a rundown of of Goodwin and uh, anybody else that stands out? Well, the big the big thing was Goodwin, right? I mean, Goodwin had a hamstring injury that went from like he scored twice in that New Mexico game, and then he had a hamstring injury, and then he didn't come back. And then what did Kelly say after the game? He was like, "Oh, it's just a hamstring injury. We'll monitor it." Then that next week, he was like, it was more severe than we thought. And then yesterday when I asked him about it, he said Armani practiced all week and looked great. And then he called out Bo Lowry, um, not in a negative way, in a positive way, and and the LSU medical and training staff, and said they were actually able to do a. He was like, after the season, you all have to get the full story there. It's a great, you know, it's unbelievable what they did. But they did some surgical procedure, I guess, involving the hamstring or whatever injury he had. Uh, and Kelly said that bumped the timeline way up, and now he looks completely healthy. So I don't know how much um, they've been, what, Maddie B, a running back by committee type thing, kind of, almost just like a rotation yeah. nonstop. Uh, but I still feel like Goodwin is a major, like maybe the biggest piece, even though we've seen Josh Williams really kind of rise to the occasion as a bit of a renaissance man, right? Like he's their main blocker. He's their guy they've gone to when they've needed a few tough yards, but I've got to think Goodwin still has a role this weekend. Yeah. I mean, before Goodwin went down, he was the starting back pretty much. Right. And so then he goes down and Josh Williams steps into that place. I think Goodwin, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I think Goodwin is to me the most explosive back because he's the fastest back and obviously Emory can break tackles you know Josh Williams had a 50-yard run last week that's awesome I still think Goodwin is the most explosive back and um, for that reason I, I like him on the field uh, Josh Williams is obviously good in other areas pass protect pass protection John John Emory can catch passes out of the backfield they all contribute different things so there's no you know Leonard Fournette in this backfield obviously but to have him back at least gives you another weapon another other instances where you can use him and so that's what I'm I'm excited for I think that's it's a boost I'm not I hesitate to say that it's 
this you know huge boost to the run game because I'm of the I'm always of the belief that run running backs are kind of a product of your offense to a degree, unless if you have those Heisman type guys. But still, it's good to get Goodwin back there. Um, but everybody else, everything else is same on the injury front. Is that is that correct? Right? I mean, no burns. Yeah, literally no major burns. Still, um, no. Um, what else are we looking at here? Garrett Dellinger and Burns. Those guys will get held. I mean, you've got a bye week next week. Then you've got Bama. So that's essentially two more full weeks of rest. So yeah, I'm not. I'd be. I would have been very surprised if they tried to rush guys back for this game when they could have just waited through the bye week. And yeah. I thought Goodwin might fit into that, but it sounds like Goodwin's completely ready to go. Yeah. So that's uh, that's a rundown. I mean, honestly, knock on wood, it's a pretty short injury report so that's that's good again knock on wood i knocked on my my desk here but uh all right let's start let's start looking at this Ole Miss game Shay uh when you look at it I mean on paper obviously Lane Kiffin versus Brian Kelly that that alone is an interesting matchup uh you get Ole Miss just for everybody who doesn't know 7-0 number nine in the country the wins have been against Kentucky they've been against Auburn Tulsa Troy so it hasn't been the most difficult schedule, but they have Zach Evans at running back. They have um, freshman at running back whose name is long and I forget. But Jackson Dart at quarterback. It's a good offense. The defense is up and down. But what do you what do you think about this Ole Miss team and the Saturday's game? I still just think it starts and ends with the run game. I mean, look at the stats. Quinchon Judkins is a true freshman, uh, rushed for 720 yards and 10 touchdowns on the year already. I don't even know if LSU's got that combined with their running back room. Uh, but then Zach Evans, everybody knows Zach Evans from his recruitment, former five-star, uh, ends up at Ole Miss, I guess, after TCU. Um, yeah. But he's rushed for 106.05 and seven, so he's not far off. Uh, and Jackson Dart, Matty B, the quarterback with uh, approaching 400 yards, he's uh, not scored, but will take off and run, averaging about seven, even with the sacks included. So I don't know, man. I mean, people think Lane Kiffin throwing the ball, going deep, the you know, all of that. I feel like this is a team this year that Kiffin has where he's done a really good job of embracing what they're really good at, which is running the football. Yeah. I I covered when I was covering North Texas and Lane Kiffin was at FAU. First of all, FAU in 2017, FAU and North Texas met twice that year. North Texas beat everybody else on their schedule except FAU who beat them by legitimately 30 points both times they played and they had Devin Singletary on that team and they had um a really strong run game and that's you know that's where I first saw Lane Kiffin like really start to just run the ball on teams and it's carried over he is such a good offensive mind that it doesn't matter where the talent is he finds ways to accentuate that talent and like you said with Judkins and Evans I mean, they ran the ball for 448 yards against Auburn. Like, it, it was an incredibly poor poor performance from Auburn, first of all. But, I mean, still, to be able to run the ball for five, for 450 yards on anybody in the SEC is impressive. And so, um, yeah, it, it starts with those two. I still think they have some talented receivers, not for nothing. Jonathan Mingo is a quality player um, that that can can get open at times uh jordan watkins for them uh, also had four catches last week so you know they have some decent playmakers out there but they run the ball literally i wrote this on wednesday they they run the ball 65 percent of the time which is pretty much it's the second most of a non-service academy team so 
I, I mean, it's if you thought Auburn ran the ball a lot, if you thought Florida ran the ball a lot, this team runs the ball a lot, and they are third, I believe, in rush yards per game. Yeah, and what Malik Heath is on the team. He used to play yeah. at State, um, moved over. Um, Michael Trigg was a big-time recruit coming out of high school, tight end. LSU was all over him. Uh, ended up at Southern Cal. He transferred to Ole Miss, part of that Jackson Dart, the quarterback move. Uh, I believe he's out for the year, though. So, he is. Yep, he's out for the year. Um, that's their top tight end, fourth most uh, receptions on the team. He hadn't played in a couple weeks, though, so uh, obviously it was a pretty heavy part of uh, the offense then. But yeah. I guess for me, then it, it starts and ends with running the football. I just think that they're going to try to – and as Brian Kelly said, it's not – they're not going to run it right up the middle to where <clears throat> Jaquel and Roy and Makai Wingo and, you know, Penn and those guys can just stuff the box and make plays. I mean, they're going to hit the edge. They want to run it off the edge. They do it in a variety of ways. So um, this is a tough test. I think this is when you go back to the simplistic approach of football defensively, if you don't tackle this weekend, you're not going to win. That's just the reality of it. Yeah. I mean, Ole Miss. Don't tackle like you did Anthony Richardson uh, on his 80-yard run. Exactly. That's Brian Kelly's message. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they keep it pretty simple as far as, you know, play calling goes. I feel like it's not the most – dynamic thing but they're really efficient at it and they play really fast that's another thing people need to know going into this game is they're third in the country in tempo they're even faster than tennessee tennessee is seventh in plays per minute Ole Miss is third like it's it's good and it's it's the bryles offense for both those guys hypo and mm -hmm. kiffin they're running the old baylor offense but do you think the tempo gave lsu trouble against tennessee or do you think LSU's defensive busts and deficiencies gave them trouble. I think Pace actually gave them some trouble against Tennessee, but the difference is obviously between Tennessee and Ole Miss is Tennessee has Hinton Hooker who can throw the ball around and those receivers. And so it, I think the pace was troublesome for LSU. It just was compounded with the fact that Hinton Hooker had, you know, Hyatt and, and um, Brew McCoy and all these guys on the outside. Ole Miss will play fast, but a lot of their stuff will come in the same looks with in the run game. And so it, I I am scared of that. I'm scared of Ole Miss playing fast and that LSU might still not be ready for that. But on the bright side, I think that they are more equipped to stop the run than they are to stop Hinton Hooker in the past game. So that's going to be interesting. Where do you rank uh, their quarterback, Jackson Dart? He was at Southern Cal. He was kind of one of the big, if not the big, uh, transfer portal targets for people looking for quarterbacks in the offseason. Um, but what he's uh, – Brian Kelly talked about this, that they've played Anthony Richardson, who's obviously a really big kid. Hendon Hooker's 6'4", 220 probably. He mentioned they'll play K.J. Jefferson of Arkansas, who's the biggest of the bunch. Uh, Jackson Dart is also a big kid. Um, let's, get a, let's get a height and weight here. Uh, he is – Internet moving quick. Uh, 6'2", 220. So another thick kid. Um, but Brian Kelly kind of said, yeah, look, he's physical and all that, but he can throw it better than all the other guys that we will have faced that are that body type. You agree? Is he better than – can he throw it better than Hooker? Can he throw it better I, than – I'm not putting – no, he's not better than Hooker um, or in any in any facet to me. Um, and the, better the thing Richardson. Is, yeah, he's better than Richardson. He's better than Richardson. Um Rodgers is a better thrower of the football and not a better runner. Um, so you'd have to go down the list there of uh, teams. I mean, Robbie Ashford, he's obviously better than. But still, 
You think it's he's better hard... than Jordan Travis? Ooh, no, I'm Florida not State's him quarterback. Yeah, I'm not putting him over Jordan Travis. Okay, so so our game that we've whittled down is this is the second best quarterback LSU will have faced. Hinden Hooker's better. Jordan Travis is better, and then Will Rogers might be better. So it's 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 in that conversation. I think Will Rogers is probably better. So it's and that's the thing, and that's to kind of get to a more um, big picture preview of this game. Or my thought going into this game is LSU has been tested multiple times by multiple different styles of offense. Obviously, none the exact same as this. What they're going to face, but LSU has played the air raid. They've played three running backs from Florida State. Um, they've played against uh, run-heavy teams in Auburn and Florida, and I feel like they're really well-tested going into this, and there's a reason why they're favored. And so that gives me a lot of confidence in Matt House and this defense to say, all right, they haven't been perfect in SEC play. They've had their ups, they've had their downs, but I really believe that they, at this point, are not only more tested, but they are more experienced in what they want to do and what works in the SEC than what Ole Miss is. Because like I said coming in, Ole Miss has really only been tested by Kentucky. Like that's really the only game that they've been pushed in. And that game was pretty ugly. And they could have or should have lost that game. Other than that, you got like the Troy results, cool. The Tulsa results, okay. And the Auburn result last week was pretty unimpressive. So I I, I like from a strength of schedule standpoint where LSU sits sits at at right now. And that's probably why a lot of people like them in this game. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. You're a little surprised at all that everybody, whether it's the Sharps, whether it's the respect national pundits, everyone's jumping on LSU in this game. The line swung in a big way. It feels like a lot of people, and I wrote this in the, the final line story, it feels like a lot of people are taking that LSU Florida game and just acting like that's the new LSU, like acting like that's what they're going to be this week. I mean, the total is set at 67. It got up to 68 at one point. Like before last week, if I would have told you an LSU game was at 68 for a total, we would have been like, is LSU losing that game? Like 58 to 10? Like there's no way that they were hitting that. But because of last week, because they scored 45 on Florida and they you know looked good doing it, I feel like a lot of people are like, all right, this is LSU's figured it out. And I hesitate. I hesitate to say that they've completely figured it out. Yeah, and it's. I was talking to Wilson Alexander at the Advocate yesterday. We were waiting for Kelly to start, and we were talking about the game and everybody jumping on LSU right now. And I kind of said how you just said. It's like uh, it is. What are, are which LSU are we getting? But it's not like they've played. What are they five and two? Uh, it's not like yeah. they've played seven games. And it's a 50-50 split on this like Jekyll and Hyde offense. It's every single game they started slow and got behind, except one. And that was the one where they scored six, six touchdowns on six possessions and didn't even have to punt till the fourth quarter. So 
Yes, that's the most recent one. So we've got some recency bias here probably, but I'd have to think that they took something away from that game that gives them a little bit of continuity in the first half. Yeah. Like you can't, I don't think they're going to go all the way back to we're losing 21, nothing and can't get the offense moving. No. And that the biggest thing was obviously the, the development of the pass game. I mean, that's the biggest thing you get Kayshawn involved, you get Malik involved. If Ole Miss now, I don't think Ole Miss is a great defense, but they're, not worse or much worse than Florida or or Auburn or even Tennessee. So it's it's going to be an aggressive defense Ole Miss plays, but now they have film of what they of what LSU succeeds against, right? So I don't think they're going to come out in the same coverages that Florida did. I don't think they're going to be as passive at times as Florida was. So teams now have seen LSU's offense work to a degree. So if you're Mike Denbrock and Brian Kelly, you have some more work to do to now continue to evolve because that's all, you know, everything is with scouting and everything. So yeah, I, I agree with, with you. It's uh, I hesitate that that's my hesitation right now, right? Is that everybody's getting on LSU because of the performance last week when the Auburn game was right there. The Tennessee game was right there. Like even the Mississippi state first half was right there. It's like all these signs that have, they're not perfect are still there. So that's going to be, uh, interesting. Do you want to get into uh, what we're watching for? Let's do it. Um, I guess I kind of already talked about Ole Miss running the ball. I'd like to see, like to see LSU's defense be able to stop the run. Um, I honestly think this. It seems that I've bought in, so I'm going against my own logic here. That LSU is a team that's going to have to pass to set up the run, and that the run is more or less something that can move the chains in short yardage situations or close it out for them. I'd be interested to see if they can find consistency in the run game from start to finish. So that's, that's one thing I'm looking for. It's like, you've got Goodwin back. Josh Williams is playing the best he's played since he's been at LSU. John Emery's healthy. Noah Kane's available. Like, can you do something in the run game in a way to keep the Ole Miss offense from just being on the field all night long, right? Like you're not going to go six possessions and score six touchdowns out of the gate again. Like that's not going to happen. And I'm not saying that it's just not going to happen. The, the odds are stacked against you in that. You've yeah. done it one time. I'm not sure how many teams in college football have scored six touchdowns in the first six possessions of the season. I'd like to see them have some sort of balance between run and pass that doesn't just happen in the fourth quarter. So that's something I'm keeping an eye on. But again, with the way the O-line is blocked and them obviously needing to throw the football to kind of keep the defense honest and keep them out of the box. uh, Gosh, maybe they'll have to continue to throw it to set up the run, but I just like to see them have some semblance of balance coming out of, you know, into the, out of the first half, let's say into halftime. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll go with the tackling of the secondary. Oh, heck, and the linebackers. I'll, I'll say the tackling of the defense in general, but especially with I think Ole Miss is able to pop these runs on the outside at times, and you know with Jackson Dart as well when he keeps it. They have a lot of like sweep motion type stuff to the to the edge. Um, they throw some screen passes on the outside. So I mean the corners are gonna have to tackle Garner. You know Bernard. Um, all these guys are going to have to tackle Brooks, Ward. Uh, that's probably the most interesting thing, but I included the linebackers in there because I think Greg Penn and is going to have his hands full in Michael Baskerville as well. So 
that that group's going to have to tackle really well this week. And I has obviously I think you can say that every single week that they need to tackle well, but Ole Miss's running game is literally one of the best in the country. So, yeah, you really have to tackle well. Yeah, and Judkins is a beat. Like, everyone knows who's kind of a casual football follower what Zach Evans is about. Yeah. He was the number one running back. He's bounced schools around when he's been out there and actually healthy and playing. He's unbelievable. But Judkins has been on fire, and he's six foot two twenty as a true freshman. So, guys load to bring down. So, I'm with you on the tackling. It's and they're diff- him and Evans are different kind of players, so it just makes it all the more difficult. Yeah. Um, all right, players, players to watch, breakout candidates, one on each side of the ball. Um, you can go first. Well, I got off the Keishon Butte train uh, last week Thanks. and told him I, he had to prove it to me, and he did. Um, you can get back on. It's always welcoming. I'm getting back on the Butte train this week. I think he has the biggest game of anyone on LSU's offense, uh, not counting Daniels because he obviously has to has to throw it to Butte. But yeah. I don't know. Kelly just said that Butte turned a real corner in the Florida week, and he raised his level at practice. That raised the level that Keishon talked about in an interview this week where he was like, I raised my level, and I'm not a big vocal guy, leader out of practice, but – if they see the work I'm putting in, despite the season I've had and how frustrating it's been, then it's going to bleed to the rest of the guys. I think that wide receiver room still looks to Kayshawn as the leader. And look, two years ago in Tiger State, last time Ole Miss came to Tiger Stadium, Kayshawn put up about 8,000 yards and 25 Elliot. touchdowns in the game and broke the SEC single-game receiving record, and that was with Max Johnson. So I think that if Jaden can just continue to get the ball out to the receivers, I thought Denbrock did a good job of putting Kayshawn in positions where he could get the football and make some plays after contact and in space. So, yeah, I'm back on the Butte train. I mean, just real real quick, watch seeing his uh, halftime speech. Uh, like you said, you can tell whenever you and we talk to him, he's not a big vocal guy. Like he's not this rah rah guy he's not going to talk your ear off even in private like he's not that guy to watch him at halftime you know talk to the team that way it wasn't long but you could just tell it was poignant and so that was that that made you feel good you know you're like this guy is not only bought in but he is a legitimate leader on this team so that's that's good which we've we've heard and we've known but to see that video was was awesome all right i'm gonna go brian thomas give me brian thomas a stock uh, I think he's going to make a couple plays as the second or third receiver that we kind of saw against Florida. Maybe he's pissed off that that Florida call got, you know, called back. But uh, give me Brian Thomas there. I was going to go with like Jack Best just purely off punt returnings. I think he has a clean punt returning game if it is him. If they put Greg Clayton back there, I'm not going to make him my breakout player. But uh, give me Brian Thomas uh, as my offensive player. You cannot choose a breakout player who might not even be playing uh, in the spot. We'll have to see if oh, that's right. Jack that's right. Out there. That, we didn't address that in the injury report. Um, what, well, they said that Besh has been practicing. He's got that yeah. strain in his back that they said flares up and flared up when he got hit on that play. So I don't know. We'll see. Kelly did not say whether or not it would be Besh or whether it would be Greg Clayton. So we'll have to see. Yeah. All right. Defense. Um, I'm going to steal this one before you can take it. I'm just going to take Harold Perkins and just run with it again. I feel like I've said his name a couple times. But 
it's tough because I, I think Brian Kelly makes a lot of sense. He makes a ton of sense whenever and we and I, I talked about it plenty of times before. He's not gonna play inside linebacker. Everybody every LSU fan's like, oh, just put him at inside linebacker, you know, a bench bench Greg Penn and put him at linebacker. It's like it doesn't work that way. I've said it the entire season. They have him in a role to where he can just attack. He can just play. He doesn't have to think. You're just going to rush the passer. You're going to spy the passer. You're going to go make plays. Now, the hard part is, and Brian Kelly talked about it, when they're nickel, they have, they're pretty much set. They have two inside linebackers. They have B. Joe Gillari. They have Ollie Gay on, on defensive ends. There's no spot for Harold Perkins here. So where do you put him? Where do you fit him in? And that's what I think is going to be a really interesting thing to watch is where they put him in. And while... I feel like, yes, you want to have Penn and uh, Baskerville probably at your inside linebacker spots. I think there are times where you can live with maybe one inside linebacker and have kind of um, Harold Perkins as a rover. So that's going to be interesting to me to see how they, they utilize him and what, how they use those packages. But regardless, I think he makes a couple of plays. Give me Harold Perkins. I'm going to roll Greg Penn. I think Greg Penn is going to have to have the biggest game of the year so far. Um, Baskerville talked about it this week. He's He can lay the wood. He's out there because he can be a run stopper, but this is also a team that likes to run ahead, like we talked about, and, and be a guy who can get out to the edge, make tackles in space, kind of a sideline to sideline guy. I think he's going to be out there a good bit. So for me, I'm, I'm watching Greg Penn as much as I've watched him in any game this season. I think it's paramount he has a big game. One more uh, from me. We've Ollie Gay has not been the pass rusher that I think a lot of people wanted him to be, but he has been. Oh, he's been decent against the run. If you look at his pro football focus, you know grades, whatever. If you just watch the games, he's clearly out there because he can stop the run better than Savion Jones, which we've talked about on this podcast before. He's gonna have to prove it. if you if he can't play at a high level in this game, I don't. I I will be disappointed. So Ali Gay needs to needs to be good in this one. So there you go. There are the breakout candidates uh, from us, and we will wrap this up with some predictions and overall thoughts. Um, you do well, not specific scores. We'll get we'll have those later in the story. But do you do you think LSU gets it done? I picked him to win this game before the year. I do think there's some obvious fool's gold in Tennessee, or excuse me, Ole Miss being 7-0 and and yeah. a top eight team. You know, I don't think – I don't think they're that. What makes me nervous is that everyone's picking LSU <laughs> and that the line's swung to LSU and that, yeah. L, you know. It's, it's, um, yeah. I know Brian Kelly said this. I asked him, I, I said, do you think you had a good week of practice? And he kind of laughed and said, you're asking the wrong guy because my standards for what they need to do are up here. Uh, yeah. And they're not quite there yet. But he said the practice was good enough to beat Ole Miss. Was it to his standard? No. Are the guys understanding that? Yes. But at home, 2.30, I think the crowd will be into it. This is a big if. If LSU doesn't give the game away on special teams, I think they'll win. And that sounds very easy if any fan of – not LSU is listening to the podcast and they're like, don't, don't give it away on special teams. All right. Y'all should win then. Oh, uh, a contraire. If they cannot give it away on special teams, I think that they'll win. I think that's a really good point. 
I, I think that that's a point. It's a under three point spread for a reason. If there is a muffed punt, if there is a blocked field goal, if there is a allow, if you allow Ole Miss to return a kick to the thirty, like it's it will swing the game. It will swing the game. It's too hard to get Ole Miss off the field consistently. Um, I think I really I like you said. I think Ellis Ole Miss's number nine or number seven, wherever they are in the country, seven zero start. I think a lot of his fools go, but at the same time, how much do I believe LSU's offensive performance over Florida was fools gold? Fools gold. It's weighing out what's real and what's not for me with this game, and so that's why I hesitate to like. I would never play anything on the spread. I wouldn't even think about like betting LSU to cover. I wouldn't bet Ole Miss money line or anything like that. It's just too tough for me to to really gauge. I. I I'll stick with my, um, I guess, homerism, if you want to call it. I was never a homer at North Texas, but now I, now that I'm here at LSU, I just can't. I don't pick against LSU for some reason. But I'm going to take LSU here. I don't have a score in mind, but um, I think LSU at home will get the job done. And like you said, if they can just not shoot themselves in the foot, they'll have a good shot. That's a big ask. <laughs> it's a huge ask. It's a huge ask, especially in college football, just in general college football teams to continue to shoot themselves in the foot but um all right that's it we got through the pod uh friday morning pod go ahead i'll close out by saying this i don't want to bang on all miss and i i think that you can be a good football team and also not have played anybody yeah so i do think Ole miss is talented yeah it I is mean, going to be a tough game yeah no i mean it, again on paper i know maybe ske- schedules and Kentucky beat Mississippi State, if you want to weigh all that or whatever. In theory, to me, Florida State, Mississippi State, Tennessee are better than anybody that um, Ole Miss has played, which is basically just Kentucky. But And then you get Florida. Is I put Florida, you know, not too far behind. So it's just we've seen LSU play these teams, win, and then, I mean, win uh, some of them, lose some of them. I think going into this game, they're just really well-tested, and they know what they are at this point, and they are starting to hit their stride. So as much as I don't believe that they're going to score on their first six drives and average nine yards per play on those drives, I think they are starting to hit their stride regardless. So I think LSU can get it done. All right. Yep, there you go. We'll put that in the graphic. We'll put that in the graphic. Shea picks LSU to win if they don't turn the ball over on special teams or shoot themselves in the foot. So, all right, uh, that's all we have for y'all today. We hope y'all enjoyed it. Leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you are listening, on Spotify, on Apple, anything like that. Uh, If you're watching on the YouTube, subscribe to the channel. Um, We appreciate all the support. Leave us a like, comment, share, share it with a friend. Uh, If if you have an LSU friend or an Ole Miss friend, uh, send it over to them. And, yeah, for Shade Dixon, I'm Matthew Bruni. We thank y'all for joining us, and we'll talk to y'all later. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.